What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon this podcast, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, we'd love to have you come hang out with us. We've got an online community on Facebook. It's a closed group. Uh, with thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. We'd love to have you come hang out and be part of that group. You can do that by going to dadtire.com. Click the community tab, and that will link you over to that closed group that we all inf- that we have on Facebook. If you haven't picked up the devotional, it's a great time to do that. Uh, it's called Stop Behaving. It's a 28-day devotional for men. It helps you figure out how the gospel applies to your heart. It applies to your marriage. It applies to your parenting as a father, and it applies to you as a worker at your job. So uh, pick that up at dadtire.com. Again, that's called Stop Behaving. It's a 28-day devotional. Uh, I'm always super excited about the guests that we have on the Dad Tired Show. Again, I've I've said this a million times, but I only bring on people onto the show who I really believe like are going to add tons of value to you and your journey of trying to fall more in love with Jesus and helping your family do the same. Um, So I've got today, I've got a guest who's a NFL free agent. He's a YouTube star. Uh, He's more than all of that. He's just a dude that really loves Jesus. He's a, he's a new husband and a dad. Uh, And so he kind of gives us a sneak peek behind the curtain, like what it, what it's like for a young guy in the NFL, Um, his journey, the ups and downs of what that's like being in the NFL, trying to follow Jesus while being a professional athlete and trying to raise kids and be a good husband and all of that. Uh, it's a, it's in my opinion, one of the best interviews that we've had because Cedric is so raw. Um, so anyway, God has like graciously connected our lives together. And I feel like in just a really short amount of time, Cedric's become a really close friend of mine. So I know I haven't officially introduced him, uh, but without further ado, here is my good friend, Cedric Thompson. Cedric, so glad to have you on today, man. For our audience, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Cedric Thompson Jr. Uh, I am 24 years old. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California, and I'm currently living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I am an NFL free agent. The last team I was on, I was with the Cincinnati Bengals until uh, I had a grade two hamstring pull. So I've been out for a while. I just got back 100% healed, and I'm waiting for a team to give me the call so I can get back to playing. Um, I recently just became a father. My daughter just turned uh, five months today, actually. So that's super exciting. I've been married for... A little over a year um and yeah that's pretty much what's uh going on in my life right now you just dove in man a year into marriage have a five-month-old daughter you just like went full force yeah i know i went all in right away <laughs> <laughs> i i uh so i i get emails often a couple times a week of people saying hey it's usually like either the person directly or there's like a um some kind of representative and saying hey you should have this person on your show uh, I read all of them, but very rarely does that actually turn into um, them coming on the show. Mm-hmm. But somebody reached out and said, hey, you should have Cedric on your show. And I, I was like, yeah, what? you know, I read the thing, read the email. And then they posted a YouTube link to your – you have a YouTube channel. So I clicked that mm-hmm. and I watched whatever the most recent episode was at that time. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I was like fully 
engaged. I was like, <laughs> I like this guy. I like his family. I want him on the show. <laughs> it was you just did such a good job, like really highlighting your family and like showing off your guys' actual personality. You you and your wife are like super likable mm-hmm. uh, people. But anyway, I I just like fell in love with you immediately. I felt like we were friends right off the bat. <laughs> well, thank you. That's I mean that's kind of the the vibe and the image that we want to get off with the YouTube channel. I always tell people, you know, when I post a video, what you see is what you get. Um, we want to be completely transparent about our struggles and our victories that we do go through you know, in our life, being a young married couple, being an interracial couple, um, being new parents. Uh, we just want to be transparent about that because we feel in today's society, just being raw and real is what we need rather than, you know, putting up some image of who we should be um, instead of just really being ourselves and not being afraid of, you know, who we are in our own skin. So I'm, a guy, I'm happy that um, you definitely got that from us because you know, that's exactly what we want to put out into the world. Yeah, dude, that came across really clear. And and you're right, man. Like the, the thing with especially our generation is the more polished you are, like the more skeptical we are. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely <laughs> true. Yeah, I, I think it worked for like our parents' generation. If somebody could get on stage and had like a bunch of nice fancy degrees and had a nice suit or whatever, they could convince you like to listen. But man, not in our generation. Like if you don't show that you're just a normal broken dude, if you act like you've got all figured ever figured out, like nobody's listening. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a, that's a hundred percent true. Cause that's, and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but that's the first thing that can throw me off with someone of like, if you think up and down, you have all the answers or you're too good or whatever the case may be, you know, I don't want to just put you know, things on, uh, on any, on anybody, to be honest, but that's something that can throw me off. It's like, cause nobody has it all figured out. Like we are, we're all struggling. And yep. the more that I go on my journey, I'm realizing we all struggle with somewhat of the same thing. It's just different scenarios. You know what I mean? And yep. that's what I try to put up front. These are my scenarios. I'm going exactly what you're going through, but this is just how it's going on in my life. Yeah. So let's go back to the YouTube channel because you actually have like a very engaged audience on YouTube. You have over 100,000 people mm-hmm. watching your videos every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what? why the YouTube channel? You've got a family, you've got a daughter, you're in the NFL right now. Like what, what was the thought behind the YouTube channel? Well, to be honest with you, um, when I, I started, I know from a young age, um, I always loved video. I always loved being creative. But, you know, growing up in uh, the inner city of uh, Los Angeles, you know, sports, was the way to quote unquote get out. You know, I didn't, I love playing football because my cousins and stuff played. And it's kind of what you did. It was either you were dribbling a ball or you were tackling people. That's just what it really came down to. There were arts, arts and crafts <laughs> isn't really, you know, what's preached out there. So I've always loved yeah. video. And when I was going into my second year in the NFL, I was with the Patriots. And um, I was with the Patriots all, all year uh, leading up to to, uh, to training camp. And I played with them the first two preseason games and I got released after that. So when I got released after um, I came back home and it was the first time I was like, man, dude, like football can really end at any time. I got to figure out what else I want to do. So I kind of just did some soul searching like, hey, I, I remember when I was young, like I loved the video camera. I love playing around with stuff. Um, so I'm going to just try to start a YouTube channel. It just completely came out of nowhere. Um, so I was like, Hey, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel. I found an old camera that we bought a long time ago. Um, when I was a rookie in Miami, we bought a camera me and my wife bought a camera to take to the Florida keys. Cause I had a, um, plan to like surprise trip up there for her. And I just got the camera, um, <laughs> put it on some old beat down tripod. I was like, Hey, like I'm Cedric. Um, this is what I'm doing right now. I came on here just to be completely me and just to show you guys who I am. And that's, that's all my first video was about. 
And that's truly why I started. And it kind of evolved into this, you know, face family football film is what, you know, my core values are of my channel. That's kind of what it's um, turned into. Yeah. So in the introduction, you say faith, family, football, film. Mm-hmm. I thought I was it really stuck out to me. Like you're you're you and your wife both are really um, open and unashamed about your faith in Jesus and like mm-hmm. kind of processing all your, your trials and all the ups and downs of the NFL journey through the gospel and like what that means as a follower of Jesus. Uh in the NFL, there, most of us don't have the opportunity to talk to guys who are, you know, professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, is it is it hard to be a professional athlete, to be around professional athletes, and be unashamed for Christ? Like, what does that look like? Um, it's hard in a sense of not falling into what everybody else is doing because everybody pretty much acts the same in the locker room. Like, you have all the different personalities, and all the personalities are broken up by position. And um, it's hard from that standpoint. I mean, we have I mean, at least every team that I've been on, there's like a Bible study and there's a chapel and then there's um, not a chapel. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, a chaplain. Yeah, a chaplain. And we one day a week or once every couple of weeks, they'll have like a Bible study. And oh, yeah. then that's 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 when you honestly find out, oh, well, he's a you know, he's a Christian because nobody ever talks about it. You, that, the way that mm-hmm. I find out is when there's Bible study that people come and say, oh, that's interesting. I would have never I would never thought that you were a Christian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that's how that's kind of how that goes in the NFL. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, when you say like this is just like me being curious as a dude, like when you say it's everyone's got their personality based on position, like what is that? What does that mean? Like everybody like in this and it's been like that since you were a kid playing ball, like as a defense, defensive backs, they're like the more like uh, like flashy, goofy kind of guys like the quarterbacks yeah. are like the straightforward, like serious, like all in focused guys. Like there's you have a few who aren't like that, like Cam Newton is like. A completely different personality when it comes to quarterback. Um, yeah. Who are some other ones? Um, he's really the only one I can think about. When you get, when you think about receivers, like receivers are very like, like I, I relate receivers and basketball players. Like when I see a basketball player, I know he's a basketball player without even knowing that he plays basketball. <laughs> Not based on like his height or anything. I could just tell by his demeanor. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's yeah, what I mean yeah. by everybody has like their own personalities. That's hilarious, dude. We should probably just get this out of the way. Like, who's your team? Not like who you play for or want to play for, but like who'd you grow up rooting for? I honestly never had a, a team growing up. I always had favorite Cedric. players. No, I, I, I did. <laughs> I, I never had really had a favorite team growing up. I, I, I always had players. So when I was young, I loved Marshall Falk. So for that, for that, I loved the Rams yeah. until he retired. And then yeah. when I got to like high school, like the end of high school, I loved Ray Lewis. So I was, I thought I was a Ravens fan forever. <laughs> then Ray Lewis <laughs> retired. I'm like, okay, well, Ray Lewis retired. I don't really have a favorite player right now. So now I'm just, I just like playing ball and I like watching ball. You can be a Raider fan with me if you ever interested. Oh Lord, my dad's been trying to get me a Ra- be a Raider fan ever since I came, <sighs> ever since I entered <laughs> this world. That's awesome. well. Now I know why I liked you from the start, man. <laughs> oh, my That's dad's a, a die-hard, cold-blooded Raider fan. Oh my god! Are you close with your dad? Uh, yeah. We're, I mean, we're pretty close. We don't talk that much, but we have the kind of relationship that's like, like we don't talk that often. But when we talk, it's like we talk every day. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, so, what was it like growing up with your family? Did, were you were you born in a family that believed in Jesus? Is this something new for you? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was born in a family who believed in Jesus, but we never like talked about it. Um, it was more of like um, this is always a hard question for me to answer because 
I don't really know how to put it into words. Like we never, we never grew up going to church. We never like read the Bible. We never did anything when it came to faith, to be completely honest with you. That's how my, how my family worked. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just a regular, uh, just a regular family. Just, we just did what we had to do. Yeah. So how did like having faith become one of your core values? Um, to be honest with you, I tell all my friends this, it was just always a calling on my life. For some reason, ever since I was a kid, I can remember like times when I was a kid, like out playing in the grass or um, just pondering, like looking at the sky or looking at trees or whatever it was. I always knew, like I just always knew mm-hmm. there was something else. I always knew it. And I, and I never knew what it was. And I remember when I got into high school, um, it was like my sophomore, junior high school. I had to move with my high school coach and um, I started going to church and I remember, I just remember one Sunday I went to church and it was at the end of a service and the pastor was just like, you know, if you need Jesus in your life, um, it's just that whole, just that whole, uh, speech, like you need yeah. Jesus to like, come up, come up to the altar. And I just remember having my eyes closed and he said, raise your hand. And something just made me raise my hand and I'm like bawling, crying at this point. And I have no, I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, yo, yeah, yeah. what is going on right now? Yo, like, I don't know what's happening. So I walked up there and ever since then I was like, okay, this is what it's been for the past, how old are you uh, as a sophomore? 15, 16, 16 yeah. the past 16 years. This is what it's been. Granted, like I've been in church a few times, like growing up, like we went every like before Christmas or like something like that. But like we never really, really went to church. I never really was taught like the Bible or anything like that. So that was really my first encounter. Okay, this is what it is. Because you, I'm not going to sit up here and say, you know, I grew up and I never heard who Jesus was because I did. But I heard who he was and that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I never yeah. was taught who he was. I just knew he was a guy who like died or something like that. And then that, that's all that I really knew. Like I didn't know much about him until I kind of seeked him uh, myself uh, as I started to grow as I started to grow up. Yeah, most people think of like especially. Well, it's just common for most people to think growing up in a family that like they're not atheists, they believe in God, but it's kind of just like, yeah, it's something we, I guess, believe in so that when we die, we don't go to hell. That's kind of the extent of people's thinking, but they don't, it's very rare that people think like, how does this actually apply to my day-to-day life? Mm -hmm. Um, And how does this make sense for me as a husband and as as a dad? Like, what, what, what would you say are some, I don't know, like values that you're bringing into your family. Now you're a year into marriage, you've got a five month old daughter. Like what are some values that you're going to try to instill in your family that are different than how you grew up? Um, I will say the biggest thing is, um, I would just say honestly, just love. And when I think of love, I'm not saying like my family didn't love me because they did. My mom and my dad did everything they, they could for me um, with the circumstances that we had, you know, growing up. But when I understand what love really means and what Jesus did for us, um, that's what love is all about. And not to the to the extent where like you got to like die for, you know, the next person or whatever, but just understanding the depths of what he did for us to be able to have um, eternal life. And I'm trying to navigate to that on how I can um, keep those core values, core values and principles in my family like me telling myself every day I have to love my wife as Christ loved the church. And that's by doing everything that I can to serve her from the, from the small things to the big things. And there are certain things that she doesn't like the way that I do. So I'm changing those things to show her that I love her just in that small little bitty thing. And hopefully that yeah. snowballs to where I can do the quote unquote big things. Because what I'm realizing is 
the big things aren't really what matter. It's the small things because the small things are every single day. Like that's mm-hmm. every day. So mm-hmm. don't I, I'm learning not to expect like to do this big, fantastic like thing out of nowhere and expect, OK, now I should be good. No, it's the small things. And I, I think if I can do that. That's showing love through action. I think with those kind of things, that's where it becomes eternal to where you're spreading light all the time. So that's what I'm trying to instill in my family um, that wasn't not taught in my family, but not taught in my family, but something that I didn't quote unquote see um, on an everyday um, basis. Yeah, dude, that's a good perspective because I think in like when we're dating, when we're when we were dating our spouse, it's it is a lot of like big things. You're always trying to like big surprises, big. You know, I just I, before we started recording, I told you I just watched your big surprise. You surprised your wife uh, with a choreographed dance at your wedding, which was awesome. <laughs> Everybody should go watch that, look it up, and watch that. Uh, it was hilarious and really good. But you know, in in dating, we're always like doing these big things. But marriage, man, it's the grind. It's like that. It's not the big things kind of like settle down. And of yeah. course, we should still do. Big things mm-hmm. for our wife, but man, it's settled. It's like the day in, day in, day in, day out grind of yeah. just like the little things you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna pick up my socks from the bed. I'm gonna make yeah. the bed. I'm gonna do the dishes. I'm gonna sweep the floor. Like yeah. these little things, yeah. you know. Yeah, though no, my yeah. wife can't stand when I got. I like wash up a washcloth, and she hates when I leave them in the uh, in the in the shower. Oh, she hates it. <laughs> So like I just been like trying intentionally. Okay, when I'm done washing up, wring the towel out and hang it on, hang it on the towel hanger. Do yeah. it every single time. And that kind of stuff. Um, like she really appreciates it. And what I've learned from myself, not putting it on her, is if I can see her doing the small things, it makes me want to work so much harder. Like, man, what could I be doing now? You know, that's what I think love is all about. It may like it continues to like fuel the engine of like the of the household to where it's a running household and like love is continually. Um, going throughout the house by action and by words and just so many different things that I think can trickle um, off of it. Yeah, man. I think I think that marriages get in the most trouble when two people just start to be really selfish. Yeah. And I think dating is typically when people are being really selfless and then we move into really selfish, a lot of selfishness. And what you're saying is just like, how can I continue to give up what I want and what can I give for my wife to lay down my life for her yeah, exactly. in the smallest ways? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just read something the other day in his book. It said marriage is the goal of marriage is holiness, not happiness. And when I read that, I was like, "Woo, boy, (laughs) you couldn't have said any better than that. Yep. Was that a Tim Keller book or was it my Instagram post? I think it was probably your Instagram post. (laughs) (laughs) I just posted on my Instagram. You know, what's funny. I'm not even kidding. I think that's where I read it. I'm not I'm not even kidding. I said a book, but I'm like, I don't think it was a book. I think I saw it somewhere. But I I honestly think it was your Instagram page that I saw that. That's that's awesome. That's hilarious. Right. <laughs> I think I probably stole it from a Tim Keller quote. So it's, we'll just give credit wherever credit's due. Yeah, that's just the- uh, yeah, dude. So in one of your one of your videos, you were posting. You had just like uh, it's one. I think of one of your most watched videos on your YouTube channels. I think you had just found out that day that you were being released from a team. Oh yeah, and and it was just it was you could tell like you could feel the emotion coming from you and your wife. You mm-hmm. know, your wife was in tears. You you guys were in a really hard spot there. Like how do you how do you deal with setbacks, uh, especially as a professional athlete, I imagine that, that like you're, you're moving all the time. You have to uproot your family. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you don't know where your like next paycheck's going to come from. I don't, I don't know all the realities of it, mm-hmm. but it seems stressful. Like, how do you deal with that? Um, I don't know, dude. Like I always <laughs> been like a really go with the flow, like kind of guy, you know, like I'm just like, okay, everything's going to be all right. Like everything's going to work out just how it's supposed to. And I think when I, when I continually 
continuously tell myself that I don't pay attention to like the, the things that will like really stress um, what that will really what that will people will think that will stress me out. Like sometimes like I'll go through something like with, with being in a league and I'll sit back. I'm like, God, dog, I can't believe I went through all that. Not even like really like thought about, oh, OK, I got I played my whole year, first year in Miami. I bought a place. I didn't want to be in Miami my first year, so I decided to like pack up and leave when the Patriots called, went to the Patriots. I had my stuff. I had to move out of my place in Florida, pack it up in a storage place in in Florida, and then I didn't have my stuff uh, for a really long time, for my whole, my whole first year. My stuff was in Florida for over a year. My wife's moving everywhere. like All that stuff that can just flutter around, I just don't think about it because I always told myself ever since I was a kid that everything in your life happens for a reason. That's why I don't really believe in um, regrets like I, I, I regrets never really rang in my head to me because I just I don't think that regrets are really a thing for me because I feel like when you do something you do something with the, you do you do something based on what you know and the knowledge that you know at that particular age so if you were to look back and say oh if I was to do this a little bit differently if I knew this if I knew what I knew now well, that's not really regret because you didn't really know that now. I'm right. back then. You know what I mean? So, like, right. I just kind of stay in the present moment and understand that everything's going to happen for a reason. Like, when I got cut from the Vikings, that's that's a team that I got cut from on the video. Um, I was shocked. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, like, soon as I got cut, I'm like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be okay. No, originally I'm like, okay, well, all right. Well, this was supposed to be, like, the team. This is where, you know, my wife's family's from. This is where I'm going to be. If I can make this happen, this would be perfect. So yeah. initially when I got the news, we, we were devastated, but I always just kind of sit back and be like, okay, God, I trust you. Like, I know this isn't exactly what I wanted, but you don't want me here for something. And I kind of put it into, into perspective, like you had me there for something. And I hope whatever I was there for, that I was able to accomplish that. And I'm ready to move on with you and whatever you have next for me. And I kind of repeat repetitively say that to myself in every circumstances, um, through all my trials and tribulations. Yeah, I, I, that's what stuck out to me in that video. And I'm I, I'm sure that's what stuck out to everyone that was watching it is the fact that you were, I mean, even with like tears in your eyes and your wife was crying, like in the midst, you the pain wasn't, you guys weren't just like being fluffy and saying, oh, whatever, you know, God's going to work everything out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you could feel the pain that you guys were experiencing. But in the very moment of your pain, like in the midst of your pain, you were saying, I still trust God, mm-hmm. even though it's confusing. I don't know what's going to happen next. I still trust God. That, dude, that, that's like leadership right there, not having all the answers but still continue that's like what it means to be a spiritual leader of your house Mm -hmm. is to like set the tone of this is scary i don't know what's going to happen uh but we serve a god who's going to take care of us Mm -hmm. and that 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 was huge dude Mm -hmm. yeah thank you i mean i to be completely honest with you i got cut that day and i was like oh let me just hurry up and just post this video like i had no idea my wife was going to cry i had no idea it was going to be that big (laughs) of a video i was just being like i said in the beginning with my my my, what i want for my channel i want to be real i want to be raw and i want to let you know like what you see is what you get and that's exactly what that video was and then out of nowhere it just like blew up i was like yo we just sitting here talking and crying and my wife's crying like i didn't i didn't i did not expect out of all the videos i make that this would be the one that like gets over a million and a half views or whatever it's at now you know so 
Oh no, it it's was so crazy. rare. Yeah, no, it's, it's just crazy. so rare. Nobody, nobody, we never get to see that. We never get. Everybody posts on social media and like Instagram, Facebook. Everyone's got their polished life, but nobody gets to see like real life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's like what that's normal stuff. Like <laughs> normal stuff behind the closed doors is like fights and pain and like miscarriages and addiction and yeah. hurts and like all this stuff. And nobody posts that stuff, obviously. So like mm-hmm. when you give us a glimpse into that. Uh, we're like, we, we're nosy. We want to see it. It's relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh man, this guy's uh, just like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And does, that's, does, that's interesting, right. interesting that you say that because now with this new year, I'm trying to figure out like, you know, what else could I be doing with my channel? And every time I just go back, man, I just got to, I just got to keep me and me, you know, like I can't mm-hmm. sit up here and go with trends or what's hot or how to make the quickest buck or whatever. I said, no dude, like what got me here is me being me. So why should I change that? And that's the, yep. that's the fight that I have to continuously go uh, tell myself in this whole process of YouTube because it's because oh, it's so new and I got pretty um, I was blessed to be successful with it um, really quick. Um, uh, I know a lot of people it takes some people a while to get to where I was to where I'm at it takes them a, a few years and I got there really quick. So I'm definitely uh, fortunate and blessed for that. So I'm just trying to see, you know, what's next. Yeah, dude, you're going to do fine. You're going to be all right. You're like you're a really likable guy, and uh, you just keep being you. People keep watching. Uh, can I ask you a hard question? I love hard questions. All right, <laughs> uh, like let's just like worst case scenario, things in the NFL don't work out, mm-hmm. and you you've worked your whole life like for this man to like play football. I, I watched that uh, segment on you. I don't know who did that segment, but it was really good. It looked like ESPN or some I don't know some some video production did this whole segment on your life and mm-hmm. like how hard you've worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, say, say it doesn't work out. Like what does that do to your identity? Like how, how, what would you believe about yourself? What do you believe about God? You know, what's crazy don't... is, uh, I'm going through that right now. Um, mm. this is the longest I've been without football. When I knew it. And actually when I got hurt in Cincinnati, it was my first time being hurt. So, and when I got hurt, I'm like, okay, this isn't something oh, I can just tape it up and go out there. I was like, Oh, yo, I gotta sit. Like I gotta sit yeah. and wait for this thing to heal. And these past few months, honestly, have been probably the hardest of my life. And I say that because not in my lack of faith of God, not for his fan, not for his plan of my life, because I know I'm going to be good regardless. What I'm realizing, what I've realized and, and I'm still realizing these past few months is how much football was an idol in my life. Mm. My entire life, I've worked so hard to play ball and to be really just the best player that I can and really the best leader. I was a leader everywhere that I went. Um and I realized that all my life I worked so hard for this game and so hard to be successful in it and so hard to really to please other people because that's what you're supposed to do when you come where I'm from, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I'm realizing is, you know, football has been the idol in my life. And the fact that I worked so hard for it, now what? What happens if, it's, if it gets uh, taken away from me? What are other people going to think about me? Did I not make it all the way? Did I not play long enough? These are questions that I ask myself all the time. And I always got to go back to scripture and really understand who I am. What people don't really realize, and and I don't blame them because I didn't realize it. Because football being, like I said, the idol of my life, is that I've been, quote unquote, like I don't know any other words to use. I'm going to use this word, um, was spoiled. Uh, Playing ball, especially D1, um, going to the league. I have I got everything done for me like I didn't know how to write an email when I was done when, when I've been out I didn't know I didn't understand insurance um, I didn't understand a lot of the things that I feel like I was supposed to understand yeah and it's because I was taken care of for so long without me even knowing it 
Like I didn't, I thought this was the norm. And what I've been telling myself, I'm like, yo, now I understand people who are an athletes who like say they want to, you know, lose weight or say they want to have, a, they have a goal they want to reach or they say, Hey, uh, for example, for this new year, I want to do this. I understand why it's so hard to be consistent. I understand why it's so hard to get up by yourself and do it. When I was getting up, I had to get up because I had to be there. I had to yeah. get up at five in the morning because if I didn't, I was either running for a long time in college <laughs> or I was paying a lot of money in the NFL. That's the only reason why. You know, I'll grant it because I love the game, but I was getting up not by choice, you know, like, yes, yeah. by choice, but but basically because that was my job even in college. So um, to answer your question, it's something that I'm still dealing with. Like, I do, I'm not going to sit up here and say I don't deal with identity issues because I do. This is what I've been doing since I was nine or 10 years old, mm-hmm. you know. So to say that if it was taken away from me, you know, what's next for me, I have a few ideas of what's what I would want to do next. But I still have to go to that bridge of like, yo, this is not a part of my life anymore. Like, this is what I've done for so long is gone. So I don't really know. Like, I don't really know what um I really just don't know. Like I try to not really think about it and try to stay in the present moment, like I said, but this is the hardest uh, couple of months that I've, that I've been through. And man, it's tough, man. Especially when you realize like, man, dude, like I've worked on this for so long and mm-hmm. it can come to an end. And, um, what's next? Like I'm, like you think 24, like 24 is so young and you really realize how much more life, how much more life you have to live. Yeah. And I'm just like, like I just sit and just ponder sometimes like this is like I'm really like waking up now. Like I'm really, really waking up now. I understand. And when I say this, I'm not saying I have like these kind of thoughts or anything. So I was going to say that. But I understand when players are done playing why they kind of like go broke or they kind of like do crazy things or they hurt themselves or some players have even committed suicide. I understand. Like I get it. I'm like, yo, this is something that people don't get. And even, even players don't get because we've had it for so long. And when it's taken away, now we are forced to see it without no guidance of not having it. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's, that's, that's like the reality that I'm dealing with. And thankful, thank God that, you know, um, I've always been headstrong and I, I now I've always had that motto in my life. You know, everything happens for a reason. God's got a plan. I've always had that, but that's not even working to its strength like it's like it has in my life. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, if that's not working for me, what's worked <laughs> uh, for 23 years of my life, and it's not working right now, I said, man, I can't even imagine like what other players go through. Like teammates in college who didn't get a chance at the NFL, it took them years and years to get like just a regular, just a regular job because their identities were so lost, man. I'm just like, and, and when I was in a league and I'm looking at them, I'm like, bro, come on, like you can do something like just get a regular job, like preaching. Like I'm up here like preaching, like just do it, bro. <laughs> now I'm looking back like, yo, no, I get it. Like, you know, yeah. like I get it. When my teammates just be like, said, like, it's hard, bro. Like it's hard. I'm like, yeah, bro, I get it. It's hard, but you just got to get up and do it. No, <laughs> it's not, it's not that easy, you know, and, I, and I'm living it and, I, and I'm able to, um, understand where not just my friends, but all athletes in any sport uh, go through something like this. Man, dude, I so appreciate your vulnerability right there. And to be honest, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so grateful that you didn't just come up with some fake churchy answer. Oh, no, nah, But nah. that you answered that real, man. Oh, no, nah, you, I'm telling you right now, me, you're going to get me 100% in and out. <laughs> that, that, that's me all the time. 
Man, I pre- dude, this I've never done this, and we've been in podcast now like two and a half years. I've never done this. Can I pray for you right now, man? Oh yes, of course. I <laughs> love that. Let me pray for you, man. Jesus, uh, I'm I'm just thinking about Cedric and all the stuff that he's going through, and as he puts his head down on his pillow at night, and uh, all the things that the enemy wants to lie to him about. And to, to misshape his identity, to tell him lies about who he is and where his value comes from. God, I pray that you would remind him even right now uh, by your spirit deep into his heart that you don't, uh, God, of course you care about him and football and all that stuff. But even more than that, you care about just him as your child, that you love him deeply. And it has nothing to do with how well he performs. It has nothing to do with where his paycheck comes from. Um, that he isn't more manly or less manly uh, based on any what anything that he's doing for work or even with what he's passionate about. God, you just love him because you created him. Uh, you know every hair on his head, every thought that runs through his mind. God, you have more good thoughts about him than there are pieces of sand on the earth. There are stars in the sky. You just love him so much just because you made him and you call him your son. So God, I pray that you would remind him of that truth over and over and over and over again and stop the enemy from any kind of lies that he's trying to put in Cedric's head. But God, I'm thankful for my brother uh, and and what you're doing in his life. And Lord, I just trust even hearing a little bit of his story right now that you're doing something big and uh, it may have to do with football. It may have nothing to do with football, but uh, you're doing something big in his life. And uh, we trust you with that. Even when it's confusing, we trust you. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Where can people Where can people watch your channel and stay connected with what you're doing? Uh, all my stuff is um, as said by me, so it's A S C E D B Y M E. So it's like you know my story as said by me instead of S A I D. I just want to give you a little background. My wife came up with the name. I'm not creative enough to come up with stuff like that. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. All right. Well, I'll, I'll make the title of this episode as said by me so everybody can find it. I'll put it in the show notes link so people can go find all your stuff. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time out to hang out and share your heart with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, of course. It was fantastic, man. I loved it. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. It was great. Yeah, man. And also, uh, part of me, even though I just prayed that, part of me does root for you. Like, I really do want you to be in the NFL for a long time so I can get you on my fantasy team. And then... <laughs> 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 Bro, uh, thank you. We'll see what happens. <laughs> thank you, man, for hanging out. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, man. Thank you. Yeah, later. Bye.